It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome in. It's hour number two of the early line right here on this Friday morning. I'm Kevin Walsh. joined, of course, by Donnie Wrightside. Still a lot to get to here in this second hour, but we want to bat lead off the college football playoff semifinal. A little programming again, just so everybody is reminded. Last week, college football today was off with the NFL taking over Saturday. We are back in full effect this Saturday, 9 a.m. start time right here on the Sports Grid Network going over the college football playoff in its entirety, plus two other bowl games that will be featured. We begin here on the early line, though, with one verse four, Georgia, Ohio State, the Bulldogs, the favorites to win the national championship and repeat, that would mean, are a six and a half point favorite. Total for this game is 62 and a half. Can C.J. Stroud and Ohio State Strike the upset here over Stetson Bennett and the Dogs. Yeah, the question is which defense is actually going to come to fruition here for Ohio State. We know Georgia's got a great defense. We know Georgia has a championship pedigree just winning the championship last year. We also know this game is going to be played in SEC country. So all those things do line up. But obviously, if we just not break down the game and look at the numbers itself and just look at the odds here, boy, that six and a half really sticks out. And it's not from a notion like, oh, it seems a little bit high for me for Georgia. It just seems like we're keeping this under six and a half here at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Come on, man. You know Georgia can win this game by a touchdown it's under a touchdown come out here and get it I would be surprised to see where this winds up by kickoff tomorrow night at 8 p.m. if it's a true seven or if it stays at six and a half which means I'm actually liking Ohio State in this game I just need a decent defensive output for Ohio State because the one thing we know look I get how good Georgia's been on defense but if you look at that LSU game which sort of gotten away from LSU late in the season we thought that might have been a slightly bigger game if LSU had come into the game and hadn't lost to Texas A&M maybe there would be some championship aspirations on the line, possibly for LSU, but that went up in flames. But how about this, though? Georgia's defense, Kevin, in that game, gave a 502 yards in the air, in the air, and LSU, mm. not nearly comparable to what you're getting from Ohio State from a wide receiver perspective and quarterback perspective. Can you get something similar to that? 
I'm not asking for 500 yards, Kevin, 450 yards, even 400. But just keep the defense honest. Give me over 300 yards for C.J. Stroud in this game, and I think they can hang around. I'm looking at this from a snapshot of I'm trying to remove the Michigan game where it feels like their defense just didn't show up. If their defense gives me an honest effort in this game, I'm taking the six and a half, and I'm taking the Ohio State. I've talked a lot about it in the buildup to the college football playoff committee finding their fourth team. And I understand the final score of 45-23 suggests that Ohio State was blown out start to finish. Ohio State was winning, winning the game at half. Now, they fell apart because they were a disaster in the fourth quarter and lost it 21-3. But they also did move the football. 349 yards for C.J. Stroud in that game, as well as multiple passing touchdowns. I know that Georgia does have a reference point here against a high-powered offense in Tennessee. A lot of bad weather, though. And Ohio State's prep time here, I think, should help them move the football. I'll say this. As we get closer and closer to bowl games, numbers continue to grow. And even though I know it's, oh, it's a semifinal, I'm sure these numbers have been, you know, hit to pieces. No, they haven't. Anybody that's tell you that is, is inaccurate. This will, I think, get on the move. And I wouldn't be surprised if we get up to a seven. But before this mm. game kicks off here, so if you're looking back to Buckeyes, I think you're patient. If you like the Bulldogs, I think you're jumping in right now and laying this number. And the over, I think, will continue to climb as well. We get ourselves over then with the radio audience here, the early line, Sirius XM Channel 159. Kevin Walstani, right side, right here on the Sports Grid Network, taking a look at the college football playoff semifinal. The opening game will be two versus three, Michigan against TCU. Bigger number here. It shows that the Horn Frogs are not being offered a ton of respect relative to the field here as they catch a touchdown and a half from the Wolverines. Lower total here, 58 and a half. What do you see here? Can the Mason Blue roll against TCU? Yeah, before we just read into these lines right here, TCU, and I coined this phrase a little bit early in the week, feels like the Minnesota Vikings, Kevin, of college football and also the same colors, right? The purple out here. They just feel like a fraudulent team, and it's not anything against them, Kevin. What a wonderful season here. But I was waiting in December, in November, for them to lose. Well, they finally lost, but it was a little bit too late because other teams didn't handle their business, and TCU winds up here. But again, reading into that line, doesn't it feel like it? Hey, come get more than a touchdown. TCU stayed within a touchdown in every single game the only game they lost they lost by three points I like them getting the points here no I think Michigan is the better overall football team Michigan should be prepared in this game and if I thought TCU was overvalued all season long this is the game where it's supposed to show up against a team that should be way more physical than you are here Michigan is the better team forget about the seven and a half I'm gonna lay that out here and take the Wolverines Big Ten baby conference there by the way we've seen the semifinal have Plenty of blowouts. So I, I think one thing you have to be caught, ooh, that's probably a lot of points in a semifinal. That's not historically been true. You got to be very, very caught. What happened? No, because uh, let, let's get this PSA out of the way. If anybody tweets on Saturday night, if TCU gets blown out, the BCS was better because we oh, don't no. have to have games like this. I will absolutely no. lose my mind because you know what it means? That you don't like March Madness either. So go ahead. Yeah, I mean, but please just block the knuckleheads. Too many teams. Say that. Eight's going to be horrible. Yeah. One number you will see us talk a lot about tomorrow. Donovan Edwards, 126 and a half is his rushing mm. yards prop. His two games without Blake Corum, 216 and 185. 
Looking forward to those breakdowns. We go to Friday's bowl games next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Fall season continues to heat up, which has been nice to see. Tomorrow, of course, is the really big day. Uh, quickly, from yesterday's action, DRS, I am j- just a- an-, an honest temperature check here. Did you find yourself, you know, I thought Wednesday had a bit of juice. I thought yesterday had juice as well. Y- yesterday, I thought that both the Cheez-It Bowl and the Alamo Bowl were worthy of, the de- of, of attention. I thought they were fun games to breakdown are you feeling the energy ramp up here a little bit within this bowl season we're getting more compelling matchups here as i think the bigger question now also as we take a look at the games today which you have five games on there are four games that are going to include some pretty big time talent and competition uh one game out here looks like just sandwiched in there just to have some fun with i guess lay lay some bets down on but i I am getting ramped up because Mm. we're starting to see better players stick around and also from that game from florida state last night it showed a lot. Like, Florida State won that game. I don't know, they won the cheese Bowl against a 6-6 six and six team. And that's one of those teams where I always bark at motivation, right? Florida State wanted to play that game. Florida State was down early, almost about to get beat out of that, but had the gumption to come back and win that game. They're fun games to actually watch because when the kids care and are playing hard and the talent level rises, the games are much more interesting for sure. Yeah, and I think that'll carry over today. I want to start with the biggest game on this slate, which is the night game, the Orange Bowl, uh, aptly named here as it is going to be Clemson and Tennessee. Mm. For those that have perhaps been removed from college football for a while, and again, I get it, Hendon Hooker not going to be quarterbacking for Tennessee. Uh, That's not because of opt-outs. That's because of injury. Torn ACL uh, in one of the final games of the regular season. It leaves Joe Milton as the quarterback for the Vols. Also, no DJU in this game. He is with Oregon State now. Cade Klubnik won this job in the ACC title game and looked tremendous. So these are a couple of teams, DRS, that look different than how they did for a lot of the college football season. How does that then shape your approach here at the Orange Bowl? 
Uh, you have to take a look at it both sides, too, because you can't say Clemson's season was an actual success here. Because even though we knew, Kevin, coming into the season, we didn't think we were going to get a mm. true Clemson ACC run like we've seen in the past under, let's just say, Trevor Lawrence. But the league, again, was down, talking about the ACC. We expected them to be in the playoff, but I feel like it hits a little bit harder with Tennessee. Because I do think once they beat Alabama, they said to themselves, now hold on. If we can go in and beat Georgia, it's going to be a wrap. But I don't think anybody's going to hold it against us if we go in and take on Georgia and lose that football game as long as we went out. And it was all there for them. And they got bombed against South Carolina, which really ended their season. Hendon Hooker goes down. Now Jalen Hyatt, one of the best combinations in college football, won't be playing in this one. I understand it's the Orange Bowl. But we're, this isn't the Orange Bowl run where it's the college football playoff Orange Bowl. It's just a consolation game. Devil Swinney tends to get his teams up for this 12-6 and six ATS over his last 18 postseason appearances. But at the same time, if we're looking from a player's perspective, Klubnik's going to be the starter next year at Clemson. He's got some gas in this game. The rest of the starters, I mean, there's a couple opt-outs here, but if you're looking for an offense that expects to say, you know what, let's get some great practice out of it as we move forward to next year, I think it's Clemson. I just think a little bit more of the air is left out of the ball here for Tennessee just because the way the season ended and also that proficient offense that we saw up and down the field, sure, they might score some points. Yes, they had the ability to hammer teams like Vanderbilt, but I just don't know if that same aerial assault is going to be there without one of the best wide receivers not suiting up. I'll take Clemson under a touchdown here, yes. I think that's a, a fair question, Mark. I'm interested. I think this game has juice. Klubnik's passing yards, numbers 249 and a half. The Vols secondary is atrocious. We saw Klubnik throw the football all over UNC. I don't think he is there to be, you know, he's not there to be babysat. He's an upgrade over DJU. You saw they were letting him sling it in, in an ACC title game. But I'm also interested in the Joe Milton number at 229 and a half. You've been better off attacking Clemson through the air this season. You might look at, oh, Milton, only 147 yards in that start against Vanderbilt. They ran for 362 yards as a team, 11.7 yards per carry, six rushing touchdowns. Milton would have thrown the ball. The problem was every time they hand the football off, it was a 50-yard rushing touchdown. Milton will throw the rock here against Clemson. I think this is going to be a really, really fun end to the slate. Second biggest game on the slate, I do believe, to be the Gator Bowl, South Carolina and Notre Dame. Tight line here between the Irish and the Gamecocks. Spencer Rattler really coming into his own over the final stretch of this college football season, catching three and a half here. No Drew Pine, Tyler Buckner back in line here for the Fighting Irish. 50 and a half is your over-under. What do you think here with South Carolina and Notre Dame? It's a tough one from a motivating factor here on both of these sides. Now, if you take a look at head coaches, yeah, they're both going to be back next year. So obviously they want to get the ear of their football team. We expect them to have good practices. But again, it's just one of those things from a Notre Dame perspective. Who's my quarterback going to be? How well is he going to play? Michael Mayer, one of the best players in football, regardless of position, who's going to go to the NFL, be a first-round draft pick. He's not playing as well as a key opt-out there. Foskey, one of the better defensive ends or a nice little edge rusher here in college football. But the question comes from, look, I might have the better quarterback here on South Carolina side, if we're being honest, right? But outside of Rattler, that entire defense felt like it says, hey, Shane Bieber, we're out of here. Like, okay, well, who's going to play on defense? We have no idea. So you're trying to balance that, Kevin, right? Saying, what am I actually getting out of the Notre Dame offense as compared to what are you actually or who is showing up from a defensive perspective for South Carolina? I'm actually still looking towards the over in this game more than I am the side. 
I think Notre Dame has a chance, mm. to, but it's hard to say, Kevin, where I don't really know what I'm getting out of my quarterback at this spot, but something tells me I'm going to trust Notre Dame to see this through than a team that's been shredded on defense, which has basically everybody, it feels like, sitting out on defense for me from a South Carolina perspective. Which yeah, is totally understandable. I just want to try and put this into perspective for people on Spencer Rattler. He's a passing prop of 220 and a half. Uh, in his opening 10 games or so of this season, he went over that number just once. It was in the second week of the season against Arkansas. Against Tennessee, the last two weeks of the season, Tennessee throws for 438, and against Clemson, he throws for 360. Just ridiculousness from Rattler to close out the season. Is that real? is the big question to me. I still have my hesitations here, and I think the under of 220 and a half, if you're willing to swallow that pill, could perhaps have some juice. Uh, NC State, Maryland, UCLA, Pitt, as well as Wyoming and Ohio round out the Friday bowl slate here. Of those three games, Donnie, which one is the most appetizing to you? Uh, maybe a UCLA, maybe a team total on their side, or just an absolute blowout victory over Pittsburgh, who, again, has quarterbacks hitting the transfer portal, guys opting out in that game in mass. But another interesting one as well, Kevin, NC State Wolfpack in Maryland. You have both sides here. Like, Devin Leary obviously is not going to play in this football game. Four-string quarterbacks playing here for NC State. But at the same time, on Maryland's side, it's one of those where you feel like Spencer Rattler. Like, hey, at least I know I'm going to get a legitimate quarterback here. Uh, Tagovailoa is going to play for Maryland. But, like, all his weapons have left left as well so you feel like you're flipping a coin mm -hmm. the one team that i do think is here if we're looking from a non-opt-out non you know transfer portal it's going to be ucla and again it's one of those things where kevin chip kelly is coming back next year nobody is opting out it's a lot more structured practices here than what we're getting actually out of maryland i expect an honest effort at ucla they should win by margin in that game for me they absolutely should which then makes the zach charbonnet numbers very interesting Mm -hmm. This is where bowl season can be tricky. But if you can trust a workload, you all of a sudden then can get to the window with a lot of confidence. Zach Charbonnet's rushing prop is 100 and a half. It's a big time number, no doubt about it. He went over this in seven of eight Pac-12 games with the under being a game where he finished with 95 yards. Charbonnet was automatic this season for the UCLA Bruins with DTR still there commanding a lot of respect in the run game. It should allow Charbonnet to be fantastic here in a game that they're better than a touchdown favorite. It's still a question of what's the workload like in a bowl game. You see how those things can continue to be tricky at times. That's your bowl game slate. When we come back here after a quick break, we put an eye on the NFC South in the biggest game that that division has offered up all season long, featuring Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Sam Darnold and the Carolina Panthers. That's next right here after a quick break on SportsGrid. It's the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. NFC South is up for grabs. We get right back to it here on the early line. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers bring the Carolina Panthers into their building as a field goal favorite. Total here is 40 and a half. Trusting the Bucs to lay three uh, is tough enough. It, it fe- Are they going to win this football game? I, I, I really, if this would have been pick, I'm not sure I would have batted an eye at it with the way Tampa Bay looks this season. Though this ending in a walk-off field goal for the Bucs maybe is exactly how this is going to go. What do you see here, DRS, between Tampa Bay and Carolina? And sometimes it just comes down so simple to Kevin where you don't see either team probably running away with this, so you just lean on the points, and rightfully so. And look at Tampa Bay. Again, just a five-game snapshot here. Probably shouldn't have beat New Orleans, right? Didn't do anything. Was 13-3 to three with like two and a half minutes left to go. Or it's a 17-16 win is what that turned out to be. But at the same time, I say to myself, okay, take that out. Lost to Cleveland. Crushed by San Francisco. Lost to Cincinnati. And then Arizona 19-16. And they're playing Trace McSorley, a quarterback. And you barely eke that one out. But we're talking about the Carolina Panthers. It's not as if some offensive juggernaut is actually coming to town. It looks like all they do is run some read option, and if they bust a few runs, fantastic. They'll be able to score some points. But I just think it comes down to me the bias against Tampa Bay is right. They're a bad offense here. Tom Brady is healthy. Their wideouts are healthy. They still stink. It's mm-hmm. never going to get better. I don't care if Leonard Fournette tweets out like, hey, stop calling me fat and out of shape. I got a Liz Frank injury. As if that's going to make anything any better about him being fat, out of shape, or having a Liz Frank injury. They can't run the football. They're not explosive on offense. And I just look at it, one of these where give me a decent pass rush with Carolina does have Brian Burns might wreck the entire game plan for Tampa Bay all by himself. That's the way I'm leaning into it. The one thing that Tampa Bay does have a little bit of an edge, which could help them is they can probably stop the run. And that's what Carolina is trying to do a lower scoring game, but boy, oh boy, Kevin, I find myself sitting back here. I don't really have any skin in the game per se as being a fan of either team, but boy, it would be glorious if Tom Brady goes down to the Carolina Panthers this week and then possibly not making the playoffs, but yet in the offseason, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, 15 teams want Tom Brady. Oh, if the Raiders get Brady, they're going to win the Super Bowl. Are you watching what Tom Brady is providing this year? Because it hasn't been much. I still think Tom Brady is better than maybe you give him credit for. But I mean, you know, maybe some point in the offseason we'll slice it down and start to uh, rank some quarterbacks and who's going to be on the market here. But whether it's Tom's fault or not, there's obviously a lot of problems. They have only three covers this season. Everybody else in the NFL has five or more. 
which is even more horrifying when you remember that they covered (laughs) their first two games of the season. They've covered zero games in Tampa Bay this year. The Panthers are a phenomenal 8-3 and against the spread as an underdog. If it's going to push, so be it. But Tampa Bay has given me absolutely zero reason to lay a field goal with them, especially when I think that this is going to get back up to that three-and-a-half line that was out there a little bit earlier on, or at least I hope it gets back up to that because then this can be a Tampa win and a Carolina cover. The one caveat I guess I would offer up here is the Panthers have been far worse on the road. Only one in five straight up in their road games this season. It is a drastic shift when you kind of factor it in for this football team. Not only is this obviously massive for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in terms of locking up the division and all that, but all of a sudden Tampa is able to steal a bye week here and make sure that they have that rest and they don't need week 18 in any capacity uh, would be huge for them. Obviously, they are not going any higher than that fourth seed if they are able to win this game, which would lock up the NFC South. I want to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs game against the Denver Broncos here within the AFC West. This is going to be the Nate Hackett fired play for the coach that was fired game spot that we often talk about here uh, when these scenarios do uh, arrive Listen, I know it didn't work last week. I don't really care. I'm not laying double digits with the Chiefs. Not going to do it. Seattle played as horribly as you could, and they still had an opportunity at the back end of that game to go out there and grab a cover. Uh, I'll take the 12.5 here with the Denver Broncos. I still have not seen anything that tells me the Chiefs are going to cover this number. And it's not about you know being 14 points better than Denver. They just hardly ever do this. Yeah, and you're right about that scenario. Now, how's it going to play out in Denver this week, right? You embarrassed yourself on Christmas Day in a standalone game, which a lot of people actually watched. Your head coach got fired, and rightfully so. Russell Wilson looked terrible. But can they turn it around, Kevin? Because you know as of today, if we can just play it back, it's 830 Eastern right now, probably sometime a little bit before our show started, Russell Wilson pulled into his private parking spot went into his office to start breaking down film, which gives everybody a headache out here. But the one thing that we do know is Russ is a professional. It's not going to throw away the season. And I'm not even talking about the Denver Broncos having an iota of a chance to beat Kansas City. But I think, Kevin, you're right. The MO of Kansas City is we'll play down to our competition. We just need this win. We know we're still fighting because we're going to be watching that game on Monday night football, hoping that, you know, maybe a tie, maybe a double loss if that's possible. But regardless, that's going to help them. If the Buffalo Bills lose Monday night, that puts the Kansas City Chiefs right in prime position to get that number one overall seed. They'll be motivated by how much, Kevin? Can't you see this game playing out right now? Boy, the Denver Broncos stink. But this game is 14-3 to late in the third quarter. Maybe they put together a touchdown drive to stay within that number. Maybe Kansas City's right on the edge of it here. That's what you're taking a look at. It is a division rivalry game. These two teams do not like each other. Russell Wilson still is going to be starting. And maybe you get a bump from the coach being fired where maybe you're going for it a little bit more on fourth down. Maybe you're showing some wrinkles on the offense you haven't shown in the past. Maybe that works for it. I don't think Denver's going to win this game, but I'm with you here. I'm not laying double digits here with Kansas City by any stretch. I think the most impressive thing about this awful, awful, horrendous Denver Broncos uh, offense here is that they still have a winning record against the spread as a dog this season. Russ has always been a great dog in his career, and it's continued. There's only four teams that have covered over 60% of their games as an underdog that have played at least seven of those games. The Broncos are one of them. 
And Russ is a perfect 6-0 against the spread in his career when he's a better-than-touchdown dog. And that includes covering a game that he was losing to the Chiefs 27-0 at one point. I just, I, I, I can't. I can't. Also, odds are you probably start to line up the under here again. Last week, you were all over the under with the Chiefs and the Seahawks. Chiefs home unders this season, 6-1. and one. Chiefs, when they're a big-time favorite, well under the number. Again, this has just been a very common thing with this football team. We go over to Chargers-Rams, which is a tricky one. I admittedly try to get involved with the L.A. Chargers-Indianapolis Colts game towards the over. And it, it was a very fascinating start as nobody was punting, but nobody was really moving the football either. Turnovers, and they weren't turning into anything positive. Eventually, you could just tell that the Colts didn't have it, and the Chargers did what they needed to to get out of there with a victory. The Chargers' defense, though, now has held three consecutive opponents to 17 or less points. The Rams are coming off of a game where they score 51. How good are the Rams? How good is this Chargers' defense? My initial look at this total was, ooh, this looks a bit light. But I'm trying not to touch the stove one too many times. The Chargers are a six-and-a-half-point favorite with this game that has this 42-and-a-half over-under. What do you see here in the Battle of L.A.? Chargers clinch the playoff spot. It's not really going to change too much. The seventh seed, the fifth seed, probably not likely. They're probably going to stay exactly where they are, win or lose over the next couple weeks. So that brings into the equation here. You look at the Rams. It was a nice win, right? Uh, absolute destruction, terror over the Denver Broncos. They didn't have a huge offensive day because they had some pretty good defensive plays in that one in special teams plays. But outside of that, there's still something to play for. For the, They're dead and buried here. But the one thing you have to remind yourself of, there's a difference between being dead and buried and not trying to win to improve your draft position and being dead and buried where no matter what happens, you're not going to prove your draft position or hurt it at all. And Baker Mayfield still wants to get an imprint here in the NFL. It says, hey, guys, I can play football. Did you watch that game against Denver? I can do that again. So I do think you get a little bit of motivation from the Rams, even though there's not a lot of talent. But more importantly, Kevin, from a Chargers perspective, how are they good here? Herbert's a very good quarterback and talented. Two wide receivers, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, that are made of glass, that can break at any moment here. Austin Eckler, who has been struggling in practice this week with a couple injuries and nicks. Are you going to give him 25-plus touches in this game, which include like eight or nine targets out of the backfield? That's the issue that I worry here. And again, we're only in week 17. We still have to worry about this stuff in week 18. But the last thing you want to do is you say, I'm going to bet the Chargers here. Where's Keenan Allen? Oh, he was on a pitch count today. Well, how about Mike Williams? Same thing. Where's Austin Eckler? Oh, he was told he's only going to play in the first half today to try to save him for the playoffs, where that's where the game's actually are going to mean something for the Chargers. That's my only worry. Full go two weeks ago, I'm not worried at all. The Chargers handle their business in their own building. Mm. But at the same time, I really don't want to bet the Chargers here close to a touchdown, knowing the outcome really doesn't matter. It doesn't. It does not matter at all. I, I wonder. I'm glad you brought up Austin Eckler. I don't know if he has some contract incentives that could possibly be looming. I don't know if it's 800 yards, 900 yards on the ground. I don't know if there's a touchdown bonus. Whatever that is, if you're the Chargers, just tell him you'll give him the money. You Running Austin Eckler out there would be so crazy over these final two weeks when you have a legitimate backup in Josh Kelly. I know he's not Austin Eckler, but there is absolutely no reason for that. And the char as you mentioned, the Chargers can't win the division. We don't do we don't two week shutdowns are not common, 
But if when we start to get the week 18 lines that are going to pop up, and, and they will over time, the L.A. Chargers have zero reason to play anybody in week 18. They're going to go to Denver. Uh, Herbert, Keenan, my every single key contributor on this football team has been injured at one point or another. They shouldn't even be letting these guys near the stadium, much less on the field when we get to week 18. We've got two more to get to, plus the pick six right here on a sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Back with you right here on this Friday morning. We've got two more games to go through, and then we'll get you the pick six. One of my favorite games is Houston-Jacksonville. And it's probably more from the discussion standpoint here because of how fascinating this game is. We've talked a lot about how Jacksonville does not need this game, and that is still the case. But they're going to play. The interesting thing is the Texans need this game, but they need to lose this game. Because if they win it, next thing you know, all of a sudden... Well, the Chicago Bears are going to have the number one overall pick. And the Texans don't need that. Because if they want the chance to draft the quarterback of their choice, they don't need the Bears dangling around that first pick and saying, ooh, who wants to come up and trade with us? And then the Texans have to give up picks and, and all that, all that, all that. So can we start there quickly, Donnie, in terms mm-hmm. of Lovey Smith and still no idea why they hired Lovey? That's not even a slight to Lovey. It's just... For a franchise that seems to be retooling, to fire another year one head coach would be surprising. But bringing back Lovey Smith wouldn't make much sense at all either. Is it, you know, we talk about mandates being sent down. When does the mandate get sent down here for the Texans of, yeah, listen, you better watch it here because nobody needs you to be a hero and go outside and beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, usually the mandate comes down, and it's taken out of the coach's hand. They'll tell the coach, hey, you better go out and win this football game. But they're like, hey, by the way, you're going to be down seven starters. Like, good luck in that game. But I expect you to win it with that little <laughs> wink in their eyes. They go back up to the front office. 
But what do you do with the Texans? They, they don't have any talent. Hey, by the way, we're going to bench Davis Mills. Okay. Uh, Driscoll's not going to appear in any wildcat for him. Okay. Um, uh, Brandon Cooks isn't going to play. Has he been around for the past five weeks? Who knows at this point now? So there is an interesting, like, you know, step back. But I even joke by saying, like, Lovey Smith is sitting and going, man, if I could, I've been playing competitive football down the stretch. We're not winning ball games. Boy, ownership would love if I can sit in that room in two weeks and be like, I told you, we kept fighting here. And it eventually was the Jacksonville Jaguars who were in the playoff race. We knocked them off. Wasn't that nice? And if they go, you know what? That was actually the game that got you fired because we actually wanted to lose that game and not win it. But having said that, too, if you're looking at what Doug Peterson is saying, He's saying all the right things because he needs his team to be motivated to get a great week of practice in, maybe stay crisp and clean for this game, but also keep in mind, you might only get a quarter, a half, or three quarters out of the starters here. The game doesn't matter for Jacksonville. And I understand what Doug Peterson is trying to do. It's a football game to be played. We have to win it. You know what, Doug? If you go out in this game where Trevor Lawrence's foot injury turns into, I can't play next week, or how about Travis Etienne? Mm -hmm. Hey, he's hitting the gas pedal. I just gave him the 16th touch. Oh, no, what happened? He blew his hamstring out? Oh, he can't play next week. But you know what? It was a football game to win, and that's what we Oh, Stop it, Doug Peterson. If you want to have a solid week of practice, run your guys after like a preseason game for one quarter, I have no issue with it because there's still a young football team that needs to stay on top of things here. But if we're led to believe that the Jacksonville Jaguars, after watching last night, basically everybody sit for the Titans, you're going full go in this game for a game that absolutely has no bearing on your season, I would have an issue with that. So I'm actually going to look to the Houston Texans here, the possibility of pulling an upset and staying within those four points. I think I think it is live. I think it's a great breakdown from you. Uh, I'll just throw out one of my uh, favorite uh, little pieces and notes that I found here. Davis Mills in his two games against Jacksonville uh, is 2-0. and And in his other 22 career starts, he is 2-19-1. Same amount of wins against Jags as he has uh, against the rest of the National Football League. One game left. Worst game on the slate, no doubt about it. Absolutely <laughs> meaningless football here. Falcons-Cardinals, who could possibly be bothered with the Desmond Ritter-Colt McCoy Bowl? I love that they're like, oh, we got to get the football back to Colt McCoy. Like the fact yeah. they're like, you don't want to just let Trace McSorley see this out here. Why are we rushing Colt McCoy back? I'm not saying that McSorley was good. He wasn't, right? But I mean, he threw for 217 yards compared to a, uh, you know, Malik Willis. He looked like a superstar. Is this a DeAndre Hopkins mandate? Has anybody seen DeAndre Hopkins? Don, have you seen the DeAndre Hopkins that. stat sheet from last week? No. One uh -uh. catch, four oh, yards, 10 targets. Where was he throwing that football? <laughs> this is a football player that catches everything thrown his direction. One catch on 10 targets, cut it out. I mean, that's pretty good, too, because I actually watched a little bit of the in-season hard knocks here, and they had a clip here of Trace McSurley mm. walking off the football field in preparation, and he was laughing like, man, I just got to throw it anywhere around. D-Hop is going to make that catch. So the fact that they had one catch and 10 targets was kind of hilarious. D-Hop's like, hey, look. You want me to leave this football team? I will leave this football team, and I will do a Derek Carr and say, send me away for the final two games. But wide receivers, mm -hmm. as we know, love their statistics here. That's what it feels like. A veteran presses a quarterback that's going to force him to the football in a place that he can actually catch it. Now, having said that about this game, it's simple to me. Do I think Arizona's a good football team? No, I don't. 
But also, the Atlanta Falcons knocked out with a quarterback that has yet to throw his first touchdown pass. They're favored by three, which means they're probably going to have to win this game by at least four more points up to a touchdown. I just can't trust it here. I actually trust Colt McCoy in this game to navigate around keeping the Arizona Cardinals with a legitimate chance to win this football game. But you're right. Mm -hmm. This was a mandate coming down from the players in the locker room going, if you expect me to put an honest effort in, you're not running Trace McSorley out here in this football game. One for four on 10 targets is one of my favorite things of all time. <laughs> I, I I want nothing to do with Colt McCoy either, though. I know he's been good with McCliff on the road as a dog. It's an ugly game for a reason. I will mention this yeah. quickly, and then we'll get to our pick six. Rookie quarterbacks this year, 13-7 and seven against the number. For what is a group of awful quarterbacks? They've actually done a nice job going out there and covering some spreads. All right, we got enough time for the pick six here. As always, touchdown score, money line dog, the under, the alt line, the yardage prop, and the teaser game, DRS. It is week 17. Give the people what you got. Now, I don't know if I'm betting a little bit with my heart in this first one here at any time touchdown scoring market, but I feel like I could pick up a double bonus check here by Saquon Barkley scoring a touchdown against the Indianapolis Colts. I do think the Giants will beat the Indianapolis Colts, and therefore I think that the wrapping up of the comeback player of the year will happen. The one thing I do know is I don't expect a high-flying scoring affair, which means Saquon Barkley is probably in for 20-plus touches, and if they get into the red zone, maybe even a wildcat touchdown by Saquon Barkley. I think it makes some sense at minus 145. Let's take a look at the Moneyline Dog. We just talked about it. It's a terrible football game, but it's just under that basis here as I've been winning Moneyline Dogs all season long by just going against teams I just didn't feel they should actually be favored against another football team. I like where Atlanta's going to be headed into the future if Desmond Ritter can work out. That's a big if. He hasn't thrown a touchdown pass yet. They're going to keep the football on the ground. This game will be close. I'll take the plus 148 money line winner on my dog, Arizona Cardinals. Let's take a look at it under here. And it's really low. It's not even a teaser at this point. There's no swirling winds. There's no minus 20 degrees. But it's going to feel like it's going to be played at that pace. A 35 and a half. I'm taking the under in the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. Is anybody going to even complete a pass of over 15 yards in this game? Is anybody? Are you going to try to complete a pass over 15 yards? Rock'em, sock'em, robots. It screams a 14 to 10 final. I'll sit on that over here. And the Green Bay Packers here, the alt line. I just told you, they didn't beat anybody in the last three weeks. And they were lucky to win their game against the Miami Dolphins due to a concussed to a tag of Iloa. But I'm betting on this game with some intuition that the Philadelphia Eagles will win at 1 o'clock. Therefore, making this game roughly obsolete for them, trying to get that number one position. Do they want to win the football game and knock the Packers out? Absolutely. But if I think the Packers win this game, I can't go into it and say, well, I only think they win by one, two, or three. I think they can win this by a touchdown here. And also, let's go down for a down. A yards prop. Donnie, what are you, nuts? The Green Bay Packers defense stinks. They give up runs left and right. I think we're going to use Dalvin Cook 25 times on the ground in this game to have a big day. I don't think so. I'm going to fade Dalvin Cook because I don't think this game is going to mean all that much. Under 71 and a half rushing yards for Dalvin Cook. And then my game here for the teaser, I'm going to go with the Texans getting 10. Last week, I had the Bears getting 14 and a half points up four at the break. And I got crushed in that one. So that one was a letdown. This one, I'm looking at from a different perspective. Jacksonville, you don't need game. Take knees all the way through. 3-2 final. I'll take the Texans getting the 10 points here in my tier game, K-Dub. Remember when that was the conversation last year uh, where, again, if the Chargers and the Raiders needed a tie and they both got in, uh -huh. like, you think that they're just going to take knees 
every play of this game, and they'll both just handshake agreement here. A a little tie here for the Texans and the Jags uh, is exactly perhaps what the doctor ordered. For my pick six here, we begin the touchdown score with Justin Fields. He had scored in six consecutive games, has now not scored in two straight. He's into the end zone as going up against the Eagles and the Bills is a little bit daunting. Playing in a game with a total of 52 and a half and a Detroit Lions team that he ran in two against should open things up for Fields here to get back to his running ways. Take a look at his alt rushing yard numbers, by the way. I think that being able to secure the single-season rushing quarterback record could be motivation for Justin Fields coming off of a very lackluster game with only 11 yards, a season low against the Buffalo Bills. Moneyline dog, Teddy Bridgewater and the Dolphins at plus 126 against the New England Patriots. I don't trust the Pats. And I know that Teddy has struggled relative to the unbelievable ATS numbers that he had provided through the early beginnings of his career, but he has still been a great road dog throughout his time as a starting quarterback in this league. And I'm going to trust him one more time here against Bill Belichick and co. The under is Colts Giants. I mentioned earlier, I have my hesitations because a part of me wonders if Nick Foles goes out there and flashes. But also, who is Nick Foles throwing to? Who is Daniel Jones throwing to? The answer across the board is nobody. Also, why is Daniel Jones ever throwing? They should just hand the ball to Saquon Barkley as many times as possible and lock up comeback player of the year because 14 to ones need to come home here for the people. I like under 38 and a half. This has been a consistent thing in Daniel Jones's career. All of these home games going under. Alt line, Broncos plus seven and a half, plus 140. Sneaky, I think Denver can win this game. I just... The Chiefs are too busy worrying about Monday Night Football and the Bills and the Bengals and what will happen there. And all of a sudden, Denver just gets out to a hot start instead of being down 27 nothing. But it turns out, even if they're down 27 nothing, I could still bank on them checking in here and covering a number, as we saw last time that they played. I mentioned history in, in chasing records with Justin Fields. Well, Justin Jefferson is, is chasing a very real record in Calvin Johnson's single-season receiving yard record. He's going to need over 200 yards over the final two games. His props looking around will be listed under 100 this week, so I have to go over the number. I fully expect Justin Jefferson to break Calvin's record. I think there's a decent chance he becomes the first-ever 2,000-yard wide receiver in league history, and that's going to get, require him to go over 95 and a half. Lastly, the teaser game here. Plus eight and a half for the Pittsburgh Steelers. No Lamar Jackson. This game will be tight all the way through as it feels like all games between Baltimore and Pittsburgh are. I wanted to sneak this in, though, DRS, with the Justin Jefferson point here because I know that you like to guard these things. Any knock on Justin Jefferson breaking a record knowing that he gets the additional 17th game or is that just the new that the new NFL? Nope, that's the new NFL. That's the rules that you play under. That's what the rules are going to be for the next probably 25 years. So no issues with that whatsoever. And I I think ultimately we'll likely see a lot of records be flirted with with that extra Mm -hmm. game. But for Justin Jefferson, that's why I think getting to 2,000, where it's not I only beat him by a yard or two, but he turned this thing around and got to 2K at the wide receiver position, which is outrageous, is something that Jefferson and this Vikings team will push towards here as these games for them are not as meaningful, perhaps, as maybe even that record is. We come up against the break here. Before you go anywhere, Donnie closes out the week of the early line with a little listen up. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Final segment of the week and final segment of the calendar year here for the early line. Sirius XM Channel 159 on the Sports Grid Network. Donnie Kevin here powering through from 7 to 9 a.m. before we hand it over to Ben Stevens and the morning after and the rest of your Sports Grid day. A lot of things popping off here, and I'm excited for this weekend overall. Today, we've got a very good bowl season to catch up to. Tomorrow, four more bowls, including the college football playoff, and then Sunday afternoon football here, deciding who's in, who's out, who cares, who does not, and how much money can we make in week 18 when we try to guess some of those lines that are coming out where it's apparent that football teams have given up on the season or still trying to make the playoffs. So at the end of the year, a lot of fun is to be had, but we are going to bring the new year in with style. Listen up. Talking about some style. How about on New Year's Eve, going out to a bar, staying home and watching? Well, you know there's going to be two football games on your TV starting at 4 p.m. Eastern, and that's TCU and Michigan here. Second game of the night here, the big one, Ohio State and Georgia. Both of these teams, both of these games hovering around a touchdown, but also we're expecting some points here. We're not worried about any weather conditions here between the two games here. Both played in great forecast because of domes and better conditions here. 58 and a half year listed here the TCU of Michigan 62 and a half listed for Ohio State and Georgia but also let's take a look at Sunday and this is so intriguing because if this was week five six seven eight nine ten in the NFL everybody is trying to win football games you know you're going to get their best effort the guys who start the game are going to finish the game outside of playing really bad or getting injured games like Carolina and Tampa Bay division up for grabs the two teams under 500 you guessed it how about New Orleans going into Philadelphia trying to knock the Eagles out to extend the Eagles season where they might have to beat the New York Giants in the final week of the season to clinch that number one buy, or even the New Orleans Saints with an outside chance to actually win their division if they keep on winning. Miami, Teddy Bridge, we're going to take the helm and probably for the rest of the way. And if the Dolphins do make the playoffs, do they bring back to attack by Loa and then Minnesota and Green Bay? Can Green Bay continue to surge? Are we actually going to get Rodgers and Brady in the playoffs? It could happen. It's going out with a bang in the new year. Stay tuned for Ben Stevens in the morning after coming right up now. 
It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.